Pete Kingman here with Bible Story Evangelism, Season 1, Episode 5, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I decided to uh, just uh, follow these verses in the order in which I memorized them, and that brings me to Romans 12, 1 and 2. And let's talk about it. I, uh, I beseech you therefore, brethren. So one of the important principles of hermeneutics, which is a big word for the study of the Bible, the study of the study of the Bible. How do you study the Bible, I guess is the question it answers. And one of the very most important things is who's talking, in this case the Apostle Paul, uh, the most prolific writer of the New Testament. If he wrote Hebrews, he wrote over half the books of the New Testament. If he didn't, then he wrote just under half. Uh, there were eight different writers of the New Testament. And, uh, or nine, if, if Paul didn't write Hebrews. Uh, most scholars, from what I understand, think that it was very Pauline or very Paul-like, and probably the Apostle Paul wrote Hebrews. At, uh, a, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, which is all about the, the, the Jewish Old Testament way and what Christ has improved on animal sacrifices and all the things. The, the big thing in Hebrews is, is uh, Christ is better. The word better appears seven times in, in Hebrews. At any rate, um, depending on what version you use, I guess. But um, I beseech you, I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, God is very merciful. Uh, mercy is, is not getting what you deserve. And grace, being graceful or gracious, is getting what you don't deserve. And uh, I kind of like getting what I don't deserve more than I like not getting what I do deserve. But I'm very happy not to uh, spend eternity separated from God. The wages of sin is death, separation from God, uh, the second death. But the gift of God is eternal life with God, Romans 6.23. So all my students, pretty much, all I have to do is say the wages of sin is death, and they give back to me a chorus of, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6.23. Yeah, Romans 6.23, a couple of chapters, uh, five chapters before, five or six chapters before where we're at right now. At any rate, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, I, I hate to be negative, but, um, but uh, I dealt with teenagers for 33 years, two in the public school as a substitute teacher, uh, sometimes full-time substitute teacher in those two years, uh, in Russian, for example, in uh, uh, ecology for... for a while. Anyway, uh, I had a heart attack in class and I took over for him. But I just finished Bible college and the Greek alphabet has 24 letters. 
and so does the Russian alphabet has the exact same. So I was able to fake it while he was out of school for two months recovering for him from his heart attack. At any rate, um, one of the number one killers, if, if not the number one uh, among young people, it's, it's very close to the top if it's not the, the, the leading cause of death, is suicide. And I think right here, you know, where in the Bible does it say don't commit suicide? Well, I think it, one of the places is right here. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. Yes, you might be going through a hard time. But for believers, there's nothing that we can face on this earth compared to the glory of eternal life with God. So if you are a believer, you have that to look forward to. And obedience is just a good idea. I, I would I kind of use a euphemism for suicide saying that it's like, you know, pulling yourself out of the game and saying, God, I don't, you know, coach, I don't want to play the game anymore and walking off the field. You know, uh, I got to play a lot of team sports in, in high school in West Point and and uh, not showing up was not something that I ever considered. I'm not saying I always gave 100 uh, percent, but uh, in my at West Point, I, I got to the point where I, I did try to do that. And I was on teams that tried to do that. And we won. Uh, we went to the we won regimental championship in two sports, three sports: water polo, and uh, some some weird intramural game called flicker ball, and also in tackle football, eight-man tackle football, which was uh, they had 36 teams, and we got to play in Mikey Stadium, and I probably already mentioned it before because it was a highlight, but. Um, Pulling myself out of the game was just not an option. If I was a starter and I was needed and whatever, uh, and I was at West Point all the time, I, uh, that, that just wouldn't be an option. And I would be very, I, I, I don't think it's unpardonable. Uh, nothing can separate us. Romans chapter 8. What can separate us from the love of God? Can height nor death nor principalities nor things present nor things to come? Uh, Romans, at the beginning of the book of Romans, what can separate us from the love of God? And at the end of, uh, there's no condemnation. Uh, Romans, Romans 8 starts with no condemnation to them that are uh, in Christ Jesus. And it ends with, Romans 8 ends with, there's no, uh, there's no separation, which is pretty nice, you know, for any reason. So I'm not encouraging suicide for the believer. For the lost person, huge mistake. Because if you're not saved, you're you know, born once, die twice. And, and uh, so you're going to, uh, the first death is separation from your body. And, you know, it says, uh, one verse that I take great comfort in in the Psalms is, Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints. So uh, however I go, it will be precious in the Lord's sight. And it might not, it might be in a nursing home. It might be who knows where. But it will be precious in his sight, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold him to that, and I'm going to, to just rely on that, and not worry about it, and I'm definitely not going to. Uh, and, and and people commit suicide for for other reasons than just. I always was kind of hard on people that committed suicide, but there are people that in you know don't get enough blood to the brain because they've got a clogged artery and they change, in old age and they become different and and whatever. Um, 
I think you could argue that there's a biblical case where Samuel, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Saul, um, rather than be cap taken captive by um, the enemy, I'm trying to think of who they were. They were pretty notorious for, for being pretty cruel. Um, but uh, he fell on his own sword. And the day before, he visited Winch, Witch of Endor. And, he, and Samuel appeared, and the Witch of Endor goes, Ah, you're King Saul, and you know, you've outlawed witchcraft. And he said, Calm down. I, I'm here to talk to Samuel. And Samuel said, uh, he, Saul says, How's the battle going to go tomorrow? And Samuel said, tomorrow you'll be with me. And uh, again, I'm not promoting suicide. I, I'm just, uh, I had a friend one time who, who lost a son to that. And, 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 and I told him what I believe about it. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And some people that don't want to believe in God's the gospel of the grace of God say, well, I can pull myself out, and, and I don't agree with that. Uh, no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. So if you want to go up against God as far as your eternal life goes, good luck with that. If you're saved, you're sa it's called eternal life. It's called salvation, not probation. So I just say it because it says present your body a living sacrifice. I think it's an admonition to finishing the course. That God has for you as a believer I beseech you therefore brethren I think most of the Bible if I don't I, I hesitate to put a did it tell you what I really believe I think 99% of the Bible is written to believers and and we don't even study it and as we should and we don't spend time in it as we should but um, it, lost people they just twist it they take a verse here and a verse there and say all kinds of crazy stuff but they just keep going back to their little pet verses and say, you know, just prove that. And, uh, you know, believe what John 3.16 says. Or, and you say, well, you do the same thing. But I, I'll tell you, I can go to their pet, pet verses and explain them every time. So uh, the context, context, context. Another good uh, hermeneutical principle is uh, context. Uh, who's speaking? Who's, who's listening? Who's he writing to? And what is the context of, of whatever verse you're trying to say says something that opposes the, the, the tenor of Scripture, if you will. Anyway, um, I beseech you therefore, brethren, written to believers, by the mercies of God, and, and those of us that have trusted Christ understand God's mercy, that we're, we're not getting what we deserve. The wages of sin is death. The first death and the second death, separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through faith on or in Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. In faith in the God of John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I'm going to do a, 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 a podcast on John chapter 3 just so you know that the context is there for exactly what John 3.16 says. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God... I mean. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. At any rate, um, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
I like to say he died for us, therefore we should live for him. And whatever the case, Corey Tinboom had to live in a lice-infested, uh, what do they call those in World War II? Uh, you guys are all screaming at the radio if you're, or whatever, your phone, uh, all, whatever. Um, um, uh, uh, where they kept the Jewish people and dissidents in Germany, um, Auschwitz and those places. Oh, well, I can't think of it. Welcome to being 66, I guess. Anyway, um, I'll think of it sooner or later. I've never not been able to come up with that word. But at any rate, uh, she was in a lice-infested concentration camp. Thank you very much. Uh, concentration camp. And she was in a barracks that was the worst for being lice-infected. For that reason, they never, the Nazis never came in there. They just sent Jewish people that were, you know, trying to stay alive uh, to go in and, and spread the word, whatever they wanted them to do. But they wouldn't go into that because it was so lice infested. But she was able to have Bible studies in there. She smuggled a Bible in there. And she was able to have Bible studies and lead these Jewish people to the Lord. And some believed and some didn't. And um, that's, that's what happens when you go into all the world and preach the gospel. But what I'm saying is that she was in a tough spot. But it was her reasonable service to live for him because he died for her and he died for us and be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind how do we renew your mind you spend time in God's Word and I'm at this point in my life since I'm retired and have time to to wake up after my four hours of sound sleep right before the REM sleep and and the, the time when you dream I say these verses out loud to my phone and it believe it or not checks it uh, through the verses app as I as I go through it and uh, lets me know when I make a mistake anyway um, be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind spend time in God's Word where do I get God's Word from the very next line that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The will of God is written to us in the B-I-B-L-E. That's where we find the will of God. And God's will is that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. I love that. You know, it's not like, you know, you're being a, you know, I guess martyrdom is not expected, although there is a martyr's crown. But it's your reasonable service to live for the Lord. To live for the Lord as, as long as, as He deems fit until He calls the end of the game. And Paul said he was willing to and rather be absent from the body and present with the Lord. It was more needful for us to for Paul to write. And he did his writing at the end of his life. Um, Second Timothy, uh, he's run the course. He's fought the good fight. He's kept the faith. And he, he, all those books were written at the end of his life. And uh, the Holy Spirit used most of these guys as, as older men uh, at, at the end of their careers to, to write what they had learned in their lives or to 
all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Uh, so anyway, that's another memory verse that I'm going to put on a PowerPoint. Um, it's 2 Timothy 3.16, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. You know that do we, the, uh, young man, that you, do you listen to God's word and you pay attention to it. And that's how you uh, conform or not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Every time you spend time in God's word, you renew your mind. You clean it. Um, and again, I highly recommend Bible memory, but that's up to you. Um, that you may prove what is good, that what that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God's will is good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. That usually the, the Greek word there means complete. So uh, you'll be complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works if you uh, spend time in God's word on a regular basis. So that pretty much covers uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And let me just tell you another reason this verse means a lot to me was the man that led me to the Lord. He would always have a, a, a New Year's Eve party at his house when he was able. Uh, um, I think the last one I went to at his house was around, uh, around 2000. But it wasn't 2000 because I spent that with a, a friend of mine, another friend. But um, that was the Y2K year. But uh, anyway, uh, one of them, and, and always he went over this verse, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Uh, just a good New Year's resolution, I guess, to spend time in God's Word. Um, it's just a, a big, important part of my retired life now. At least the, the close to an hour, I guess, I spend in, in reviewing and uh, then learning a new verse, which I can say the ones I know, I can say 26 of them in about half an hour, and, I can sp and then I spend the next half an hour trying to learn a new one, which I'm trying to learn uh, uh, Psalms 39. So I added some verses, not the whole Psalm 39, but the, the part about, uh, um, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Um, At any rate, oh, th that was a verse that Barb had me memorize when I first went to Bible college. Anyway, so she was my teacher in child growth and development, and I think I mentioned that in another uh, episode. All right, well, let me just say uh, adios, which means to God, and via condios, which means go with God. And let me see if I can turn this off in some reasonable amount of time.